I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less? Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to the newest episode of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today we are going to be piggybacking an episode that we just did. Obviously, we have been um, uh, not doing as many interviews lately. If you've been following the podcast, been doing a ton of solo episodes. Uh, But for me, the problem is I get a lot of the ideas of solo episodes by doing interviews and getting to talk to other high-level people and just hear what their perspective is, hear what they are focused on right now, what they're passionate about right now. And that allows me to come up with, oh man, this is some inspiration. This is something for me to uh, be able to deliver more information. If I didn't do that, if I didn't get to have those conversations, I think I would last about three or four weeks before the podcast was just absolutely horrible and i was just talking in circles about the same things all the time um but uh luckily we are back to interviews and we're back to uh just getting to learn from people uh for me getting to learn from other people and it's been already helpful and so something that we just kind of discussed on the last interview with steve kwan if you don't know steve kwan he is the host of the bjj mental models podcast uh this is one of the biggest podcasts in the jiu-jitsu space and so he has gotten to have conversations with so many big name grapplers and really deep in-depth conversations about very specific topics. And so um, these are kind of the things that we are going to be talking about and focusing on on this episode is not how to be a better podcaster, not how to do interviews, um, but how to actually get better through the questions that we ask. I think, um, and we'll dig into this, I think that for me, I can almost predict if a student is going to be good or not. And a lot of it has to do with how they, um, how they, not just how they ask questions, but how they pay attention. I think that these are two huge things. It's going to be what we're going to focus on. And um, it's not just going to be like a, you have it or you don't. It will be a, if you struggle with this, um, here are some ideas on how you can get better at it. And some things that have actually helped me to be better at asking questions. And so um, I think we won't ramble on too much uh, on the intro on this. We'll just go ahead and get into this episode about asking better questions. So I thought a good place to start this episode would be to just kind of highlight this problem that I see. And this to me, if you took the first couple minutes of this episode and you really focused on this little piece, I I honestly think it would change jujitsu for you. I think it would make you so much better um, at getting better at jujitsu, you would get better way more efficiently. And it is this. 
so many people struggle to ask good questions on the mat, struggle to ask their coach good questions, struggle to um, ask the, the visiting coaches, the visiting higher belts good questions, just the higher belts at their gym good questions. And it is simply because they do not pay attention. It is so hard for people to focus. I always hate going to these in today's society um, type rants because I just sound really old. But um, there is uh, a kind of, the, you know, you I have a son now. And so you think about, or at least I think about a lot, what he's going to be growing up in. And what he grew up in, what he is going to grow up in is so vastly different than the world that I grew up in. You could make the argument that this next generation or this current generation, these kids that are um, probably 18 and under right now um, have a have grown up or will be growing up in a different world than the the generation before them, my generation at 30 years old. And um, so much so that maybe there has been more of a gap in generation than any other generation in history. And I know that that sounds totally crazy, but if you look back 25 years ago, if you look back 20 years ago when I was 10 years old and you go with um, what we are doing right now, listening to a podcast that you got online from your cell phone um, that you don't use to call people, you only use to uh, text, you only use to be on Instagram, you only use to listen to podcasts, scroll YouTube, you don't use it for what phones actually were invented for, what they were used for for a long time. Uh, and you really start to compare this world that they live in. Uh, and you go, okay, well, you know, how about all the information that there was? If I was 10 years old and I wanted to learn something, I pretty much needed to go to my local library and check it out or I needed to ask somebody. Now, you can not only ask Google this question, but you can formulate the question so specifically and ask chat GPT and it will give you a personalized answer or any of these other AIs. It will give you a personalized answer to whatever question that you are having or you're struggling with. It will give you step-by-step step what you need to do to solve this problem. And so when you look at that, you go, this is a huge, this is going to be a huge generational gap. But not only that, this is the world that you and I are living in today too. We are using all of these different apps for all of these different reasons. We are getting our food delivered while we're watching our streaming shows. And we are doing all of these, this newness of the world right now. We're all living in it and it's going to continue to change and it's going to continue to update. And there's nothing we can do about that. But here is kind of, um, here's kind of the problem with that is all of those things and all of these things that we are doing, um, a lot of things that used to be value, valued are becoming less valuable. Uh, when we look at the things that were valued in the 90s and the things that are valued now, um, you know, and how we were, you know, how important the stock market was in the 90s. And now, you know, of course, it is an important part of, of our society, but 
Is it as important as cryptocurrency? Is it as important as all of these new updates? And as as we as people become less and less useful because machines and AIs are going to take a lot of jobs, they're going to take a lot of things that that we could be focused on, that we could be thinking are, um, you know, that we're our life's work even and make us almost obsolete in that as that happens more and more i think what's going to happen is uh, and what is happening now is other things will be more more valuable and to me one of the most valuable things right now in today's society and i promise we're going to get this back to jujitsu but i think that this is an important um, note in the beginning of this episode is to why this struggle of focus is becoming even harder. And it is this in today's society, one of the most valuable things that there is going to be is our attention. And what I mean by that is all of the different social media apps, Facebook, Instagram, now YouTube is is pretty social media. All these things, they are designed. They have these literally priceless algorithms. And what those algorithms are designed to do and to keep updating themselves to do are to keep your attention, to keep you scrolling. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with short form content. Um, we post a ton of short form content on the Josh McKinney BJJ YouTube um, and on the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show Instagram. And I think for a lot of people, those little short form things can be helpful. Um, and then you scroll on to the next and you scroll on to the next. But what Facebook, what Instagram, what YouTube, what all of these other companies job is now is to keep your attention. It is to keep you focused on your phone because then they can advertise. Then I can advertise because you are paying attention to the information that I'm delivering to you. And as algorithms that are smarter than us are learning to do this even better and better, our ability to focus on anything is getting more and more diminished. Our ability to pay attention for more than 30 seconds is getting more and more diminished. I'm sure right now you are not sitting in a room just listening to the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. You're not just sitting there going, man, I'm, I'm really focused on every word that Josh has to say. And that is because it's just how podcasts are consumed. You're maybe cooking, you're driving, you are at work, you are supposed to be having a conversation with your significant other and you have an earbud in. And if you look at that, you go, okay, well, am I getting everything that I could be out of this podcast? Or when I'm watching a jujitsu instructional, how often is my mind going somewhere else? And I don't know if with podcasts and with online content, if it is that huge of a deal. I think that that's kind of how this content is made to be consumed. That's why uh, there are always these fun little stories that kind of bring you back into listening to the podcast. Because uh, if not, I wouldn't keep your attention. It's why this is happening all the time uh, when we are any type of, of learning thing, any type of education that we are trying to get. But here is the problem. To me, 
I still, without a doubt, learn way more from true human interaction than I do from any instructional, than I do from watching any match footage, than I do from anything else in jujitsu. I learn, especially, obviously, I'm highlighting jujitsu now when it comes to learning. I learn way more through the feel and through the conversations. That is how, that's pretty much where I would say 95%, maybe even more of my jujitsu learning is now, is through conversations, is through getting to actually be engaged with different people. And um, there is this funny thing that I like to do. I, I do it like maybe if I have a, um, if we're doing a a camp. And so it's not just me teaching or you know, especially I would say camp is probably the most common place that I'll, I'll drop this bomb on people. But at the end of a camp, and maybe I teach a few sessions, maybe there's some other black belts that teach some other sessions. And maybe even some people got more out of what I taught than uh, some of the other black belts. But I always love to make this statement. And I really wholeheartedly believe it to be true is at the end of the camp, I'll say something along the lines of, I would bet any amount of money that I learned more than any other person this camp. I learned more than anybody else this whole entire camp. And the reason I'm able to drop that bomb is because I know so few people actually pay any attention. And when I am in the presence of a, a good grappler, even if I might be slightly better than that grappler, even if I'm significantly better than that grappler. But we are having a conversation. One of the biggest habits that I try to stay into, one of the biggest skills that I always am focused on developing is I stay engaged in the conversation. I do not think about what I'm going to be doing later. I do not think about what I'm going to be having for dinner. I do not think about anything about, oh, well, this is my game. This is what I like to do. I don't think about any of that stuff. When someone else is speaking, that I believe I could learn from, the best thing that I could do is simply pay attention. And this is kind of where I wanted to start with asking better questions because so many people, and I told you guys uh, that I would not uh, just talk about doing podcast interviews and how to do those better, but I think it's a good place to point out is I get to be on a lot of podcasts now. And just so you guys know, if you have a podcast, I would be happy to be on yours. Uh, it's something that I I really love to do. I think people may believe that I'm a little more relevant than I am. And so they're excited when they get me on a podcast. And so, uh, and I remember that feeling with other podcasters when I would be able to get them on mine. And so I always like to try to return that favor. So if you just wanted to ask, Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Send me an email. Um, but I get to be on a lot of podcasts and I can notice when some are going to be good episodes and when some aren't going to be as good episodes. And uh, you go, oh man, Josh, you're the, you're the interviewee. Shouldn't you be always having great episodes? I mean, I'm answering questions and sometimes the questions are phenomenal. And sometimes they're subpar. And to me, the biggest thing that makes that difference is people who are paying attention to how I'm answering the questions. 
people who are paying attention to what I'm actually saying, because you may ask me a comp, uh, an episode or a question about competition mindset, and I'll hit you with my regular talking points, my, okay, I like to do breath work. I like to stay present. Here are some things to do that. And then a lot of times people will just go, oh, okay, what match do you, do you are you happy that you won? And I'm like, man, we weren't even close to that conversation. How does that question help you? How does it help your listener? Instead, when a guy goes, huh, being present, when you say being present, how does that feel? And they were actually paying attention to the information that I delivered. Those guys get more out of me. Honestly, a lot of times I answer those questions and I'm like, huh, how do I feel? That's a good question. Uh, Let me think about that. And they get me smarter because they ask better questions. And you can only do that when you pay attention. And so, like I said, when I'm at a jujitsu camp and somebody is speaking, even if it's a move that I've seen a thousand times, I am so focused on what they're teaching. I can nearly always find a different detail in what they're saying. And a lot of times, if I don't understand it, I'll go, you know, when they come around to, to work the move or the, to show, uh, to explain to people, I'll always ask about that detail. Hey, you said you like to grab here. Why is that? And so often the answer that they give, it might not even be the detail in the cross collar choke. Maybe I never am going to use a cross collar choke again, but a lot of times digging a little deeper on the part that I don't understand allows me to get a more full picture of jiu-jitsu and they may answer in a way that oh well this i am actually always looking for this little detail on the collar grip even when i'm using it to pass the guard like shoot why why is that and i am able to get so much deeper because i am willing to ask about and i'm really willing to pay attention enough to find the parts that i don't understand and so um this is me kind of highlighting what it's like for me as as a black belt who's done jujitsu for 15 years. But what about somebody new? How do you even know what questions to ask? Honestly, at first, too many questions that you asking too many questions can almost give you what they call analysis paralysis. It can almost be like, man, I'm I almost feel like I know less because I got 50 different answers because I asked 50 different questions. And so to me, one of the best things that you can do is try to focus on the same thing. And so if you ask me, if you bring in the best coach on the planet and you have a brand new white belt and they ask him 50 questions about 50 random things, yes, they're going to get awesome answers. But to me, I don't think it would be more valuable as valuable is if they ask that coach five questions about the exact same position or the exact same idea. And so it's just like in jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is so huge. It is so broad. And so it's very easy to want to know everything all at once. And so we ask questions about everything and we want to know about everything. But to me, when you focus you're actually able to gain knowledge. And when you are smarter, when you are better at side control on top, your questions will be better 
when you get to be around a guy who is better at side control on top. Your questions will be so much better. You look at the questions that a day one white belt asks. What are they? How do I tie my belt? Should I roll? Should I not? What is rolling, right? Not that those questions are dumb. Those questions are important for them in that time. But if you focus on specific things, if they focus on, if they can come in and not worry as much about all the positions that they're losing, they can accept that, hey, I'm going to get beat up in all these positions. It's just going to happen. And then they focus on, I want to get better at getting out of bottom side control. That's what my coach told me. That is the focus that he gave me because at first, a lot of times we can't even choose our own focus. Or maybe that's just what we're working in class for the next four weeks. That's what I'm going to focus on. Those will be the only questions that I ask are going to be about this very, very specific position. Because if I do that, each time I gain more knowledge, I am getting better at asking questions. And like just like I, I kind of said in the beginning, um, or I said not long ago, if I'm watching somebody teach something I've, I've learned a million times, all I'm looking for is the one little piece that I don't know now. And to me, I know what I know. It's way easier to find the piece that I don't know as long as I'm focused, as long as I don't get arrogant in, in jujitsu and go, oh, well, I know this enough. And this, again, this is me telling you guys this as a, a head coach at a gym, as somebody who teaches seminars all over the country, as somebody who competes at the highest level of jujitsu. I am telling you, you cannot get married to your own ideas. And this is like, I have ideas that I would teach that people really, really loved. And a lot of other coaches would give this advice of like, oh yeah, that's your specialty. You should only teach that, or you should really focus on that. And as I've gotten better, I've realized, oh no, that was bad advice. I should actually... I should actually stop focusing on this. I should actually try to learn this in a different way because my, my understanding has kind of stifled my learning. I have gotten so married to this idea of, oh, well, this person, or this is the way to deal with this. Um, I think I've told this story before on the podcast. I remember this would have been, I want to say I was a blue belt. Um, I remember there was this guy who taught a seminar and he, again, high level coach, he really great teacher. And he taught this way to defend the closed guard arm bar. And he gave us all this big absolute. And he said, if you can bend your elbow in this way and get it to this spot, you will never get finished on the arm bar. And I was like, oh yeah, this is this is awesome. I love this. I, I'm so glad that I now know how to defend every arm bar. And years later, maybe three or four years, I'm probably a purple belt. I had, I had gotten married to that idea because it worked pretty much every time. And one day, I want to say I was going with my dad. I want to say I wasn't even like in competition or anything like that. One day, my dad went for a closed guard arm bar on me and I got my elbow into the position and I was like, okay, now everything's good. And so basically, instead of going to finish the arm bar, my dad started to hip in in a way that felt like I was being Americana almost. And as I'm sitting there and my elbow is straining and popping, I'm talking to myself. I'm going, wait, this, this can't hurt. This can't be injuring me right now. 
Because this guy told me, this guy who is really wise, he told me that you can always defend the closed guard armbar this way. There's the problem. I got married to this idea. And instead of learning how to defend even better, I said, no, this is the technique that I will use forever. And I did that as a blue belt. I know that there are a lot of blue belts that listen to this. And you go, oh, no, is Josh about to tell me that my half guard that I love is not going to work anymore? No, I don't. I don't think that. But I think when you decide you're going to stop adding to your knowledge of that half guard and you're going to stop adding um, to your understanding of that half guard, what's going to happen is eventually it's going to stop working. And I think that if you got to look back on yourself, you know, if you were, you know, you're a blue belt now, if you got to fast forward to 2028 and say, okay, um, how do you play half guard now? I guarantee you it is totally, totally different if you, if you allow it to be. But if you got married to these ideas, you would go, oh, no, I play it exactly this way. This is how you play half guard. And um, what starts to happen is you're going to find some holes that you cannot fill because you got married to an idea. And so um, if you got to talk to yourself five years from now, they would say, hey, just so you know, you absolutely sucked back then. You were absolutely terrible and you were in no way good enough to make these generalizations and truly believe in them. And to me, you know, I got my black belt five years ago. I was a black belt five years ago. And if I were to get to grapple myself five years ago, I would absolutely demolish myself now. Like my current self would, it would not even be close. I think I would win from every single position. And that's not an exaggeration. We could positional spar everywhere. I think I would win from every single position. And um, that's not because like compared to everybody else, I was terrible, but compared to who I became five years later, really wasn't that good. And even as a coach, I am, you know, I have this instructional, I want to say it's, it's like four or five years old. That's on BJ fanatics. And it is, um, uh, the knee cut roadmap. And I think that it is when I watch it, I don't teach any of that stuff that way anymore. I still do maybe half of the techniques, um, but I think I do them better. And so it's this weird thing where I'm like, even though people will buy it today and then send me a message and be like, Hey, this helped my passing so much. I'm like, Oh, but what about the holes? What about the holes in my knowledge? And it's this, um, you know, it's this weird thing as black belts. It's like, uh, my friend Chris always says, once I explain something to you, it's outdated. Um, once I, I give you the information, it's outdated. He goes, because if I am actually focused on getting better, I will know that information so much better a month from now, so much better a year from now. And um, I think that this is how, you know, especially like I've kind of come back to learning this way as a black belt and understanding this way as a black belt. But I think that so many people will benefit from this as white belts, just going and saying, okay, this is what I know today. 
but it is going to develop. And we talk about this all the time on the podcast. As you set goals in jujitsu, you set these goals as a white belt that you want to become um you want to become a world champion or you want to become a black belt or you want to be this or that or you want to beat these people. And then by the time you get to blue belt, by the time you get to purple belt, you will start to realize, wow, I was just stupid back then. That was a stupid goal. Um, but now I'm a completely different person. I have stayed consistent enough and focused enough and not been married to ideas enough that I don't even have any desire to do those things anymore. I have stopped even worrying about the belts. I have stopped worrying about who I'm going to beat in competition. And I've stopped worrying about those things because I've become a different person. And that's the beauty of jujitsu is if you let it, it will completely change you. And so I think that's where we'll leave it. Let's go to a commercial break and then we will get into some more specific ideas on being able to ask better questions and um, uh, give you guys just a few more examples of things that have helped me uh, in the future or in the past, not in the future. That wouldn't make any sense, um, but in the past, let's go ahead and go to Josh for a commercial. Hey guys, Josh here. Just want to give you guys an update on something that I just updated. And so uh, lately, we have been focused on simplifyingjujitsu.com at trying to make certain products even better. And so what I did was I actually created some, uh, I actually added a new seminar to a seminar that some of you probably have already purchased. And so um, I had been uh, a couple months ago, I've really been pushing this chest over chest seminar that I taught at Watson Martial Arts. And um, I really feel like uh, it was some of the, the clearest and most concise information about this concept. This is a concept that on YouTube and Instagram has gotten thousands and thousands of views and people have had a lot of questions about those clips. And so for right now, the best way to get that information is to purchase this Watson Martial Arts Seminar that I did. It's available at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash WMACOC. I'll make sure to link that in the description. But um, what's cool about this is I, you know, as I was kind of going through different things that I have already recorded, and I found it actually a seminar that I taught that weekend. We taught in St. Louis at Watson Martial Arts, and then the next day we taught in Independence, Missouri. Uh, it's like three and a half hours away at uh, Parada Jiu-Jitsu. And I decided I was going to add that seminar to the already Watson Martial Arts Chest Over Chest seminar, and there's also a seminar called The Pinch that is already included in that. But I decided to reiterate those ideas because as I watched through it, I realized I was explaining things in a different way. And um, you know, I was explaining with a little bit different details and the questions that I was getting from the students were different. And so we were kind of changing up how the seminar was going. And so I realized, wow, if I were to add this, it almost doubles the effectiveness of the original seminar. So if you've already purchased that seminar, 
you have access to the second one. If you just go to simplifyingjujitsu.com and go to your library, you will find that there is a whole new seminar there. Um, but if you have not yet, you absolutely should check this product out, check this course out. Um, it is now it's over three hours of content specifically conceptually on guard passing. It also teach you how to hold people down um, when you are guard passing, like kind of how it's kind of some basics of pinning. Um, we call that the pinch, just learning how to control somebody's upper body, learning what spaces to actually be focused on. And to me, there is um, there's just no better way to understand what is happening, kind of the general framework of guard passing right now than to check that course out. Again, this is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com and I will make sure to link it in the description. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Be sure to check it out and let's go ahead and get back into the episode. And we are back. So the next half of this uh, could fall flat. I'm not really sure. I, I decided that I was going to just do something different on um, on trying to get this information to you guys, trying to help you guys with the skill of um, of asking questions. And remember, first, we need the skill of focus. I don't think I actually said this, but if you're somebody who struggles to focus, make sure that you think of it as reps. Okay. Make sure that you think of focusing, especially just in a class setting as reps of focus. And so what, if you find yourself daydreaming in class, all you do is try to keep in mind that you are going to focus tonight. And what's going to happen is you're going to daydream. You're going to struggle. And every time you do, so you start your focus and coach is saying something, he's saying something, he's saying something, man, I could eat pasta for dinner. Should I eat it with red sauce or white sauce? Man, is Olive Garden still a thing? It always seems like it's so full when I when I go there. It's always packed. Why is Olive Garden always so packed? How is it killing it right now? It's kind of overpriced when you think about that it's just, you know, flour and water and cream and tomatoes. You know, is, is, do they even have any meat? I wonder what a steak at Olive Garden would be like. And then everybody claps and you go, crap, what move are we doing? That is so common for so many people. Um, you know, you always hear so many people say that they have ADD, and um, you know, not that ADD is not a thing. Um, not that uh, there aren't a lot of people that struggle with this, but I think way more people that claim it don't actually have ADD. Way more people they just don't know how to get reps focusing, and so um, one of the best ways to do that. I actually used to have a teacher that said ADD didn't exist. Um, I don't want to dig into that because people will be very upset if I try, if I started to dig into that. But anyway, um, uh, if you were to just try to get reps and so when the pasta or when the olive garden conversation starts to go in your head and you catch yourself, you just go, Oh, that was one rep of focus. And you go back and you try to focus on what's being taught again. And you don't, beat yourself up about it. You just, oh, sorry, sorry, right back to focus. And you keep doing that. And what you'll notice is as you get more reps doing it, you will be able to focus for a whole class. I feel like when I'm watching seminars now, when I'm at seminars now, I grasp, I gain so much more knowledge because I can pay attention to what the guy is saying and it doesn't feel like I lose my focus. It doesn't even feel like a lot of effort to stay focused anymore. And 
that used to be something that I would struggle with. It used to actually be uh, one of my worst, my worst skills uh, as a grappler was my ability to focus when somebody's teaching. I just wanted to roll. I just wanted to spar. I just wanted to, you know, I, I really learned better by feel, but just because I learned better by feel does not mean I didn't, I wouldn't be learning through understanding. And um, as I've kind of gained that ability to focus, it has helped me get so much better. Um, but like I said, we're going to go into um, a part of the episode that may fall flat. We're going to look at three questions and I kind of tried to conceptualize them that I always love to ask in, um, Honestly, one of them is they're all stolen, um, but I, I love to ask these and they help me so much get better at jujitsu. And so the first question, this is one that I stole. Um, I, I think I want to say I was listening to Tim Ferriss explain how to be a better podcaster, but I actually use this not in a pod. I use this probably less in a podcast setting than I do just in everyday life. Um if you are around people, they like to make statements. I do it all the time. I make these, you know, especially like somebody who creates content, you know, every bit of content that kind of catches your eye, it generally starts with some really intense statement. This is the best way to pass the guard. This is um, this is why we just had a video come out today on Josh McKinney BGJ YouTube um, about, uh, I think, De La Hiva sucks, right? Or something like that. Never use De La Hiva again. And it's honestly, we probably could have named it um, use De La Hiva in this way to protect your knees, but that's way less exciting, right? It's way less of an aggressive statement that will make you go, okay, prove it. And Prove it is not a great way to respond when somebody hits you with a statement. But one of the best questions, and I just love this because it works so well and it has gained me so much knowledge, is tell me more. People will say things. I want to say the last time I probably used it on the podcast, I want to say it was maybe in the Drysdale interview because you know he was just conveying so much information about Carlson Gracie and I didn't or Carlson Gracie Jr. and I didn't understand or sorry Carlson Gracie and I didn't understand um a lot of it I didn't know a lot of the information and so he would say something like yeah in my opinion jiu-jitsu culture came from Carlson Gracie's school his original school and I could have left it at that and I think a lot of times people do and they're just like oh cool all right jiu-jitsu culture and then they move on and instead going like, man, I don't understand what that statement even means. Tell me more. And what happens, and you will see this, like if you watch podcast interviews that this is said, um, and you watch the video, you will see people's faces light up. You know, it's like you ask me that about one of the talking points that I I love to hit about um, about competition mindset. And I just... I relay a, an idea that most competitors are not present. And you tell me, tell me more. You're going to get a 20-minute lecture. You're going to get a free podcast um, if you were to ask me that. And it's not just with podcasters. With jujitsu coaches, a lot of us have these things that we're very passionate about, whether it's how people should be training, whether it's specific positions, whether it's whether or not people should be competing. And instead of needing to find this really deep question to ask, 
a lot of times you can just say, huh, let's dig a little deeper in that. Tell me more about what you mean by that. And that is to me, one of the simplest questions, and that's a, a specific question that you can have in your back pocket that will help you gain so much knowledge. And what's funny is it will help you be more liked by coaches and by instructors. Um, and so, and you don't have to just say it like that. You can say, you know, at the seminar, when the guy comes over, you said that nobody knows how to cross space. Can you tell me more about that? And they're going to give you so much information. And to me, it's such a great way to try to gain information. So the second way, and this is, um, I, I highlight this because we just had Steve Kwan of BGJ Mental Models on the podcast. And I feel like when I was on BGJ Mental Models, he did a better job of this than anybody. He did, does it way better than I can do it. Um, it's to say it back. It is to take the information that you gave and try to just see if you can explain it back to the person. So what you mean is that Olive Garden is overpriced. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is pasta in general is overpriced. It's just flour, man. And so when you do that, you're able to, and I don't think pasta is overpriced. I, I, I'd eat Olive Garden right now, to be honest. Um, I don't know why I decided to start to thrash Olive Garden at the end of this. Um, but when you say something back, you're almost able to check your own understanding because sometimes what we, what we hear is not what they're trying to convey. Um, and I noticed this, you know, as a coach, I try to be as clear and concise, but sometimes I don't do a good job of it. And when one of my students goes, so what you mean is this? And I'm like, oof, is that what you guys thought I meant? I need to say this differently. I need to say this better. And so I kind of think that that is going to be um, just a huge way to check your own understanding. And again, even if you are on the same page, even if I was trying to point out that Olive Garden is overpriced. What's going to happen is I'm going to then dig into another talking point. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because if you look, if you look at the tortellini, I mean, it's filled with pork. Pork is like the cheapest meat you could be getting, dude. Everything on this menu is built to just steal your money. You know, why not just, why not just make your pasta at home and you're going to get that talking point and it's going to help you again, get more understanding. And so the third, and this is something that I feel like I do on the podcast a lot. It is, it's the hypothetical. And because um, sometimes I'm asking questions and people, they want to stick with their talking point. They want to stick with their statement. Maybe I'm asking a question about closed guard and they're saying all closed guard is, is it learning to inside hand fight. And I'm kind of understanding the inside hand fight and every question that I ask, they keep going back to the inside hand fight. And I'm going, man, I know that there's something else that they're doing. And then maybe I ask a hypothetical, Hey, what, what do you do when you lose the inside hand fight? Oh, well, I, I do this with my hips. I do this with my weight. 
And then that was the piece that I was missing. You hear me do this a lot for competitors. Um, This is like how I really developed on the podcast. A lot of my mindset was not asking competitors, so what are you thinking about when you compete? Um, Asking about specific matches. I think um, one of my favorite times doing this was with Mike Crisp. Uh, He had gotten fourth at ADCC West Coast Trials the last time they did West Coast Trials and he came out of nowhere doing it uh, and we were talking about about mindset and then I just asked him like hey so you're there you're getting ready for this match I think I asked him about like the Dom Bell match specifically like you're getting ready for this Dom Bell match um, and in literally as I'm asking you can see him start to adjust in his chair like starts to sit up and then i start to ask him and it's it's not hypothetical it's actually going back on this very specific circumstance having him put himself in that frame of mind and again i got answers that i would never have gotten if i would have just said what do you think about when you compete and so when you learn to ask those questions i think that it helps you so much but here is how you learn to ask those questions. You care. If you care about, you know, why do you think I'm asking questions to, to good competitors about mindset? It's because it's something I struggle with. And so I'm able to gain so much more knowledge when I dig deeper on that. And I'm not just generic and I don't just, you know, ask those very generic questions. And I, again, I reiterate, I dig deeper into those. Tell me more about what you're about what you're feeling, about what you're thinking. And um, to me, those things seem to make all the difference uh, when it comes to not just podcast interviews, but understand, like, like I just said at the very beginning of this episode, when I'm doing a podcast interview, it's for me. I don't interview people that I don't want to learn from. Um, maybe in the beginning, I was just trying to to feel my way out, but like the interviews I didn't enjoy I stopped messing with. I stopped, you know, caring about because it wasn't about that for me. It was about me getting better at jujitsu. And I always figured if I could use this podcast to get better at jujitsu, whether the podcast grew or not, I'm getting benefit. You know, I am winning in this. And so when we're looking at about asking questions, there is nothing more important. There's nothing that will help you focus more than actually caring, actually being excited about who you get to talk to. And you see this with so many people. There are people that have the best coaches in the world. They have um, maybe their coach used to be one of the best competitors in the world, but they absolutely are terrible. And yeah, maybe your coach isn't great at explaining. Maybe your coach isn't a great coach. Um, But a lot of times that knowledge is there somewhere. And if you learned how to ask the right questions to that coach, it would totally change everything. And now let's look at uh, kind of the last thing. We'll finish on a negative note. Um, And it is the do not. So many people want to be understood and they used questions to try to show how smart they are. This is the worst habit you can get in. And as somebody who does seminars, as um, yeah, and seeing other guys that are way better at teaching seminars, they're way better at teaching than I am, seeing how they respond 
you can almost it's it's such an easy thing to read for instance if you know we were teaching half guard and then you say you raise your hand and you go hey you could also do this pass right that is not a question trying to gain understanding that is a question trying to show that you are knowledgeable and when we look at uh, we've done that episode on the seven habits of highly effective grapplers um and to me uh, one of the most important habits, I've talked about this from the, the, the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, this, this habit has completely changed my life. You think first to understand and then to be understood. And so few people want that. So few people actually care about understanding. They want to be understood so badly. But then if you get around somebody who is super knowledgeable, and you see how much they care about understanding more, it makes you understand, oh, that's why they're so effective. That's why they are so great because they never got married to this idea that they were great. They said, there's always something more that I could be learning. There's always more detail. There's always more broad understanding. There's always a different perspective that could shift the way that I see things. And when you are using questions effectively, you should be always trying to gain understanding. For me, I feel like I'm so selfish sometimes when I get to be around good, good grapplers. I feel like I'm going to, you know, I'm not there to, to, you know, even as a coach, if we're at a seminar, I'm never asking the question of like, um, Hey, could you, could you tell these guys about what you said about this? Cause this will help them. Right. Nah. I'm there for me when I'm there, when we're, when I have a different guy coming into our gym, I'm there to ask questions that are specific to me because I care about gaining understanding. That helps me as a coach. That helps me as a competitor. It helps me um, so much. That's why I say it's, it's selfish, but it's the best way to get good, to be able to deliver information to your students is to really try to focus on gaining understanding and not worrying about how you're perceived, not worrying about, oh, well, you know, my students are going to see, think me needing to know this is weakness. That is so stupid. When you get your black belt, to be honest, if you can't beat yourself five years later as a black belt, that's, that's a problem. That is you lose stopping learning. How are you going to teach your students to learn if your if your learning stops? I I listen. I remember um, you know people when I was getting better at jujitsu, people would ask Kyle like, you know, what is your what is your uh, uh, secret? You know, why is Josh good? And I always thought that he was just trying to give some fake humble answer, but he now as I look back, he really did do this so well. He said, yeah, I always cared more about teaching him to learn on his own. And when I look back, I'm like, yeah, because Kyle was a high level learner and still is. He learns different business practices to this day. He learns different jujitsu stuff to this day. And when I see that, I go, oh, so this is, you know, I talk about my dad the same way. These guys, I was around these guys that were really great at learning that were really great at, at, at finding deeper answers. And it taught me that that is the goal and that that is a skill that I should be developing. And I honestly, I think I learned it through osmosis. They weren't telling me you need to ask better questions. 
they were showing me how to do it. They were showing me how to learn to get to the places that you want to get to. And so um, that is where I'll leave you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Let's go ahead and turn it over to Josh to close us out. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for listening to this one. I hope you guys liked it. These, um, I felt like this was pretty conceptual. And so I don't really know whether or not people are gonna, gonna like this one. This isn't a, something that I've talked about a lot on the show. And so it's not something that I am as polished with my way of explaining. I felt pretty random, uh, but hopefully there were, some, there were some bits of it that were good for you guys. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the podcast and you have some ideas, you have some thoughts on people that could be interviewed or um, just topics that could be discussed or topics that we could dig deeper on that we haven't talked about in a while, um, be sure to send me an email, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Um, you can try to send me a message on Instagram, but as we have been posting more, I've been getting more messages and I've been missing way more messages. Uh, so the way to contact me, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com, send me an email. And um, yeah, if you guys ever have any questions, I probably once a month, once every two months, do a and a episode. So if you ever have any questions, especially any kind of deeper in-depth questions, um, be sure to send me an email and I would be happy to answer those for you on the show. And so um, that is all I have for you guys today. Like I said, we just did an update to um, the Chest Over Chest seminar. You guys should check that out. We added an hour more of content to it. It is very, very helpful content too. Um, it is just gonna give you, like I said, just give you another perspective on this same big concept, the same big idea, and um, some easier ways to do it. What's nice is at that seminar, there were a lot of people that have been to my chest over chest seminars. And so it almost kind of gives you like if you've watched the first seminar, then you go, well, I've been to a chest over chest seminar and it allows you know, those questions kind of allow for, um, to me, more growth, more understanding. And, um, that is available in the link in the description. We also just did an update, um, added an hour plus of content and an ebook to our, um, simplifying jujitsu.com uh, our, uh, what was that called? Efficient strength for BJJ in 15 minutes. This was the, um, strength and conditioning program that we follow at my gym that my dad has worked on for 30 plus years. And, um, we added, uh, some, actually some specific routines and it's not just conceptual, um, just to give you guys kind of 12 weeks of programming to figure out how to really implement this into your routine. And um, again, we will probably continue to add as we see fit um, with with these different instructionals, with these different courses. And so they are available at simplifyingjujitsu.com along with all the other instructionals that we have ever put out. And that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys.